Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Somewhere between science and superstition. Sights to show you. Strange Eons. Welcome to Strange Eons Radio. Shivering over there is Eric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With icicles hanging from her ear over there is uh, Vanessa. Hi. Brr, I'm Kelly. Another chilly day in my house, you guys. That's right. Merry almost Christmas, everybody. It's a little weird. Last time we recorded, it was like midsummer. Now it's God. January. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, Merry Christmas. I hope everybody is somehow figuring out a way to make this work. Yeah. I hope you guys are having a good time. In some way. Let me just throw out, this isn't a film that I wanted to talk about at all, but um, since it is Christmas Eve, uh, I'll just put this out there as a public service announcement. Uh, remember how much we loved the Santa Chronicles? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Santa Chronicles 2 is a piece of shit, so oh, bother. Damn. Oh, I heard that it wasn't That's very good. Bad. I'm so bummed. Rushed out, you know, one of those rushed out things. Well, and also, you know, the joy of that first one was it really was a family movie and yeah. it was all about family <laughs> this one they've stuck a villain into the story and Meister shows up <laughs> pretty much and, it, and it's just one of those things where you're like mm, i don't think this is what this needed is the villain a kid yeah it's the kid from right. hunt for the wilder yeah, people I, and deadpool I, too i think oh, i caught okay. like five minutes of it and i was looking at it going no yeah. I really like that kid. Uh, yeah, well, he's fun and he's yeah. he's chewing up the scenery in this, but it's just such a stupid idea oh, that it's like, oh, well. Oh, that's such a bummer. Yeah. So anyhow, that's not what I wanted to talk about. Okay. Oh, okay. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, what's, give us. What I do want to talk about is, uh, you know, my love for YouTube just grows and grows and grows. Sure. <laughs> and uh, I was able to find the entire animated series of droids mm. from 1985 on there. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is uh, The Adventures of R2-D2 and C-3PO after, or I guess it's before uh, A New Hope. So it's in oh, between, really? yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it's it's made for kids. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> go into it with that knowledge. I thought the animation was absolutely divine. Uh, it's... Um, made by a company called Nelvana, who did one of my very favorite animated movies, Rock and Rule. Poster right behind That's me right, right now. And uh, it's very, it looks very, very much like hand animated cells, nice. you know, so it's just really fun and cool. It doesn't cool. look like the, uh, the filmation stuff, which was what was happening at that time yeah. in cartoons. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the other things I thought was interesting is, so this was 85... And this has a oh. speeder scene in it, a like a, a racer scene that's kind of similar to the episode one racers. Pod racing. Pod racing, oh, yeah. Jeez. And it also has a character named Kaibo Ren in it. <laughs> oh, God. Which convinces no. me more and more that Lucas just made a book of names mm. and that has passed through all, all manner of people and they are just you know, picking names from this book because uh, Derek <laughs> Cook then, uh, he sent me a Star Wars role-playing game when they had, from, from the 80s or 90s, I guess, and one of the characters was named Mace Windu. Oh, oh. It wasn't the Mace Windu from the prequel movies. Wasn't Samuel L. Jackson? No, it was not even a Jedi. Uh, sort of like, uh, oh, Mr. Favreau, I understand you've been hired to do this here. I bestow upon you my book. Right. You may only use names from here. Right. And he just flipped the page and was like, Grogu? Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, that looks really cool. Is it canon still? Did that one stay in when they did the reworking of I the... don't think so. I don't see how it could be. It's very, very silly. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. But it was just a ton of fun. I watched all 11 episodes and, and loved oh. it. Um, they are using all the sound effects from Star Wars. The music was uh, written and performed by Stuart Copeland of The Police. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Excellent. So I just, I don't know. I loved it. Uh, I was, of course, 
too old for it when it came out right. to watch it. What's you know what's super funny, Vanessa? Yeah. Uh, there was an age where I got too old for toys. You wouldn't know it by looking at my house. Because <laughs> clearly I then fell back into an age where I was fine with toys. <laughs> I don't correct. think I ever stopped. So you've at least nice. got that up on me. All right. Well, you know, guys go through that high school macho phase where it's like, I'm a man now. Right. I, I put away childish things. <laughs> I definitely went through the phase like girls all, I think all do, where you start to hate Barbies or dislike Barbies. But I never liked sure. them in the first place. So they were like thrust upon me. And I was like, where the why can't we play Ninja Turtles? Right. <laughs> I was like, but Donatello's waiting to be played with. He's got a staff. <laughs> Can he hang out in Barbie's dream house? <laughs> so, oh, that's. I'm just gonna leave that alone. <laughs> what did you watch? <laughs> um, yeah. So, actually, speaking of Christmas films that um, may not necessarily live up to the hype, um, I checked out Happiest Christmas. On Hulu. I don't know this one. So this one is uh, Kristen Stewart, uh, Kristen Stewart oh, and Mackenzie the Davis. The, the guy from um, Schitt's Creek. Yes. yes. And and the guy from Schitt's Creek whose name I, I can't think of right no, now. I can't think of his character's name, but he's uh, his dad is the his son and dad, Eugene Levy's son. Oh, oh okay. He does look like Eugene yeah. Levy. Um, and it's also got Aubrey Plaza in it as a secondary character. But the the concept is it's a, a lesbian couple and uh, Mackenzie Davis is taking Kristen Stewart home for the holidays to introduce her to the parents. But it actually isn't out. So has to hide her relationship as soon as they get there. Um it's it's kind of built like this really cutesy, Christmassy, but sort of progressive film. And part of the reason why I wanted to watch it is I had been um, helping out a little bit on this really cool project called Jinx and Dila's Holiday Special, which is a holiday special by um, these two amazing drag queens that's uh, going out on their uh personal channel on Vimeo and they are starring in this film too. Oh. They're like some side characters that they run across. There's a problem with this movie. <laughs> There's a glaring problem with this movie. Uh, in most rom-coms, you want a couple to get together and sure. like fix everything. And in this one, you really don't. Mackenzie Davis is the fucking worst girlfriend. <laughs> She's just the fucking worst. And then Aubrey Plaza is like her other ex who got fucked over and is treating Kristen Stewart really nicely. And like, hey, I totally understand. I went through some of this stuff before. And you're like, these two people should be together. <laughs> what? Why? No, don't hang out with Mackenzie Davis is a very attractive lady. I think she's incredibly hot. But no, it's not worth Worth it. Not worth it for this madness. Don't. You can do better, Kirsten. So anyway, um, happiest Christmas. A lot of people really like it. I just have that problem, that particular problem. Uh, is this a pass or a... Depends on who you are. My guess is, it's... from the look of what I've seen in the trailers, yeah. Dean and I might like it more because shit's Creek. You will. You'll like his character a lot. Because he is... So there are great people in this goofy and weird and fun to watch that yeah. I don't, you know, whoever else is in it. I, that's the reason we're going to watch it. I think if you like holiday movies and you like something like love actually, then yeah, like definitely check it out, but just be aware. It's not a perfect film. There's it's okay to be mad at it. <laughs> there, it's, it's fun throughout, but there are definitely moments where it's like, ugh. so that was my, I wonder if we're going to see, you know, these kind of movies were really um, the territory of the Hallmark Channel. And now yeah. I don't even know if the Hallmark Channel still exists. They have they a do. Yeah, Hallmark really Channel do. has a, a streaming. They've oh, done okay. their first, I think as of this year, their first gay Hallmark yeah. special to which they have had a huge backlash from the religious community that mostly watches Hallmark. Hallmark. Um, I don't know whether or not that matters. Religious community safe space. Hallmark. <laughs> Hallmark original movies. Uh, yeah. Those yes. people will be able to take comfort in knowing there is a Colonel Sanders there you uh, go. romantic drama. Yes. Showing a mini film or. Oh my god. <laughs> Have you seen the no. Mario, seen the... Mario Lopez yes. as Colonel Sanders? What? Mario Lopez looking like he's in a very very different movie. You know, <laughs> I've seen better gray hair effects 
on a porn movie where yes. a guy was supposed to be an old man. Oh, no. That's how bad these yeah. effects no. are. He should be sitting on a top of a silver stallion with wind blowing his crappy looking gray hair as he's holding the woman off the side. That's sort of what this looks like it wants to be right. as far as the image that yeah. I've seen. But yeah, I think it's hilarious. But they're getting a lot of press out of it. Uh, sure. Are. I mean, <laughs> it's a mini film. I, I'm curious. I'd like to see it. Yeah. That sounds insane. And how long is it? It's it's not a full movie length. They call it a mini film. Oh, okay. So I, I, God you know, forbid somebody says short film out loud. Or even just um the money literally know, gets up and walks film. out of the room. Uh yeah, no, I would I would watch that. Sure. Sure. Why not? Recipe for desire, I believe is what it's called. <laughs> no. Sounds right, yes. No. Bucket of love. <laughs> At one point, the uh, the bad guy grabs Harlan Sanders and said something like, I'm coming for you, chicken man. <laughs> Original or extra crispy? <laughs> anyway, Now I want to watch it more than ever. Yeah, no kidding. It's got to be watched. So what about you, Eric? Are oh, you I watched a Spanish in? ghost movie. <laughs> oh, a Spanish ghost movie. Yeah, another 2021 called uh, Don't Listen. Oh. Have you ever seen this one? I've not even I, heard of this one. I can't remember. It's, it's, my problem is I've got Shutter integrated into my Amazon. So it's either Prime or Shutter. I'm not sure. <laughs> but um, it's close to being good. No. I mean, the Spanish create incredible horror films. Uh, the, the deluge of great short films I show from Spain is insane. And Orphanage was there. And it's, it's not quite that good. But it's pretty good. It is a story of a, a guy who, who his son is drawing the future. And uh, they don't realize that for a while. And things go wrong. They move into a big giant house and things go wrong. So it's very, um, it's cookie cutter in its approach to being a ghost story where they have the problems and then they bring in the experts but instead of being uh, EMF, they're doing audio. I forgot what that's called, but they're listening for audio noises. Mm -hmm. And um, it's fun, but it's not, uh, it's not, I'm glad I watched it. But it's also another one that's definitely not going to sit on the top of the list by the end of the thing. But if somebody came up to me and said, I thought it was fantastic, I, I could see that. You know, it's interesting because I'm wondering, you know, we're always looking for a new angle on something like a ghost mm -hmm. film or a zombie film. There's actually a video game that just came out um, maybe not even a month ago where each person plays, you go into a haunted house and you play with your friends and there's maybe like four people and each one has like a different device. And when you have the audio thing mm -hmm. and you're walking around... And it is a v there's a VR version available as well. Like oh, you geez. hear stuff mm. and um, you can only talk to the other people by pressing a button. So um, you can easily get murdered <laughs> and <laughs> attacked by things, which happened to me, and then be walking around in your ghost form trying to warn <laughs> your friends and <laughs> no way being able to tell them. That's but cool. it is very creepy. And it does do that auditory thing where instead of relying on a visual scare, sure. having an audio scare. I think that's, it's interesting that these things are happening at the same time. Yeah. Well, that's like uh, Silent Hill. All those years ago, you get, they, in order to find the ghost, you get that little radio. Right. And whenever you get near him, it makes this terrifying noise. Oh, God. <laughs> like, ah! yeah. And Absolutely. then you're looking, cause, and they don't appear immediately. So you hear the noise and you go, where are they? Someone's coming. Where the hell is it? <laughs> but uh, this kind of combines that, but then it also uses like um, uh, heat detection cameras. So it's not just the audio, yeah. which is, but uh, yeah. I mean, it's good. I would, I would say watch it. Interesting. Question. Uh, do you guys believe in ghosts? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to. Um, I've had enough weird shit going there. Maybe, but uh yeah. Yeah. I want to. <laughs> I feel like I've seen things. So I feel pretty camp ghost. Okay. What about you, Kelly? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, in the middle of the night when I hear a weird noise in the house, yeah. I absolutely believe it. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. in general, I don't think I do. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Do that. 
because it's Christmas, I decided to go with a rewatch of the classic holiday uh, Angel Heart. <laughs> what? <laughs> and uh, I hadn't seen it since, uh, let's see, it came out when I was 17. I saw it in the theaters and I remember liking it. And I watched it again. I still like it. I think even even then in 87, I was, I felt like it was a very obvious movie. I mean, there's a twist at the end that I feel like you see coming uh, about 15 minutes into the film. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, everybody runs around as if they don't know it and they sell you on not knowing it. And even uh, even De Niro as Louis Seifer uh <laughs> Pretends he doesn't know what's going on well enough that you're like, okay, I'll I'll go along with everybody. And I thought it was really really strong. Yeah, I mean, if if a bit obvious. I remember liking it, but I have not seen that since probably the mid '90s. Man, it is a sweaty movie. Yeah, <laughs> New Orleans, right? Yeah, yeah. That oh. seems to be the. I'd imagine it's sort of like rain in Seattle. If you see rain in movies, it really doesn't rain like this, like that very often around right. here. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing New Orleans may get the same thing where it's hot and sweaty, but it's maybe not that hot and sweaty most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This looked pretty grimy, <laughs> but also, uh, also very sexy. You know, this was, uh, the Lisa Bonet scene that got her fired from the Cosby show. Yeah, oh, right. snap. Ah, so, yes. Ironically, movie. Bill Cosby had a moral problem <laughs> with her doing that scene. Like, Oh, my God. Well. That didn't age well, you little shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I liked it, though. Um, and I believe that that was on Prime. So I think it's yeah. out there if you want to give it a try again. Nice. Very cool. Well, also um, available. Well, actually, I think it's on Shutter right now. I think it was on Prime. I checked out a Christmas horror film that I've been meaning to get around to. And the poster art's been very intriguing. And I finally checked out, which was Better Watch Out. Oh, I recognize that title. That's the it's one with the... Um, the babysitter. Yeah, and the psycho the kid. Psycho kid. Oh, yeah. right. Oh, yeah. Boy, Man. talk about a tonal change in a film. <laughs> well, it, um, I was not a fan, oh. unfortunately. Um, I think the acting overall was pretty good, but there was just something about it that just felt like unconvincing at every turn. And maybe it was because everything shifted so quickly. But even the house, I was like, this doesn't feel like a real house. Like nothing about this feels <laughs> real to me. And I don't know. I, I just wasn't. I wasn't super into it. I wasn't really thrilled with where it went. I was stressed as hell the whole way through, especially once yeah. that kid sort of takes off the mask. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and the best friend um, is an incredibly good actor. And I know I've seen him in a bunch of stuff since. Yeah. He just sells it. And he has so little to work with. He's just the <laughs> douchebag best friend. Right. And he really is such a good character in it. But um, yeah, it was, it was fun. I remember liking this quite a bit, although it did also set off all of my anxiety. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do remember that uh, that very end scene being very satisfying. So. Yes. Yeah. That, that did have a good moment, for sure. Um, <laughs> yes. And the, the boyfriends were, were a lot of fun. Yes. Those, <laughs> those were some really good moments. I think it was just little things like there's a... There's, Little things that get introduced, like there's a pencil underneath the carpet that gets introduced, and the it's a shot hangs on it for freaking ever at the beginning. I'm like, I get it, we're gonna come back to it, I get right. it. <laughs> but I thought, oh, it's gonna be used to like fight off something, not to hurt somebody, and that just I don't know. It was little things like that that bugged me. Well, that's my experience with it was very different because I started to watch it and had to stop for some reason, like 10, yeah. 15 minutes in, going, oh, oh well, this yeah. looks like a fun little Home Alone kind of Christmas thing. Yeah. And go back to watch it go, holy shit. <laughs> Not. It's, it's very mean spirited. It's too. very, you know what? Maybe that's something I don't like about certain films. I think I'm starting mm. to figure this out. There you go. Uh, I think that I became more of a fan of it because the director, or maybe he's the writer director, I mean, that was shot in Australia in the middle of summer. Really? Yeah. Oh my and God. They he, did great. Yeah. That so. explains why that girl looks kind of sweaty at the end, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, she's she really went through something. And it was just super low budget. I think it was his first feature and it got him. It's you know, very noticed, good for so. a first feature. Yeah. yeah it's ex- it. extremely good in that sense. Um, yeah. No, it has a lot of good going for it. And 
definitely out of, I don't, I don't know. I feel like Christmas horror films have a rough time getting it right. Sure. So out of all the Christmas horror films I've seen, it's up there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, switching subjects a little bit, unlike Kelly and you having your Christmas movies you just presented, uh, I watched, um, there's a company called Humble Bundle. And, oh, yeah, I know Humble Bundle. You know, what they do is they do promotional things where they package a lot of times games, but then they also mm -hmm. do graphic novels and comics and stuff, which I use, I bought a lot of. Like, I bought the whole run of Spawn through that and the whole run of Witchblade. And turns out I didn't even realize I'd purchased the whole run of The Walking Dead. Oh, hey. So I'm going, <laughs> oh, I'm going to finish this and see how it finishes. It finishes Beautifully. Really? Okay. I'll, I'll uh, get the, the last couple. Of the last issue had me like, this is so rough. It's so good. I mean, it was wow. emotional level well done. Wow. And uh, it makes me even more annoyed with the writers of the TV show where Rick Grimes mm -hmm. is the heart and soul of the comic. Almost from from issue one to issue, I think it was like 174, some weird random last issue. Yeah. And he is the heart and soul of that ending. And it is so well done. Yeah. And then the series just kind of, they cast a guy who I think has got the charisma to pull it off. But then they write all the side characters as being far more interesting. Yeah. Like, no, this guy should. And if they had done that, I think they would have had a longer run of a much better show. Yeah. Interesting. And the whole thing is wrapped up at the end by Carl. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, the show killed him off, what, three or three years ago, whenever right. I stopped watching. Um, did, huh. are, are these hard copies then? The, no, Humble Bundle sells uh, PDFs. Oh, so okay. you just get, or whatever, different formats. So, yeah, I'd recommend hop on their site, just subscribe to their um, email and every few months or something, because the, they send something new maybe once a week. And most of the time it's like games and coding books, all this kind of yeah. computer coding books. So yeah. I just ignore all those. But then every few months, one shows up and the most I've ever spent was probably $25. And that would have gotten me the whole Walking Dead plus probably 15 other Wow. Graphic novel. I wow. mean, they okay. really bundle a shitload of stuff. And doesn't it often go to charity? The comic books go to the Comic Book Defense Fund. Yeah. And I don't know what the games the do as well. Like, because um, I met the Humble Bundle people um, mm -hmm. through my game life. Oh, sure. Uh, at one of like the PAXs or something. Oh, no, GDC. And they were very cool people. Very That's cool. Yeah. So I think a lot of it's for charity, if not, if not all of it. Yeah. I, basically loaded all of them onto my iPad and then kind of forgot. <laughs> Went back and, oh, shit. <laughs> what a good surprise. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I need to know how that ends. But. You know what? Shouldn't be a surprise that it ended strongly, though, because Kirkman is, you know, a solid writer. Yeah. So and I just got, got tired of the show. And I, yeah. I think I I think I think clocked out when they killed... Uh, uh, are, are you talking about the show or the comic? The comic. Oh. Uh, issue 100, I think they killed. Oh, they killed um, Greg? Uh, Greg? Uh, uh, the, the Asian kid? Yes. Yeah. I'm totally forgetting his I name. I can't believe I am, uh, too. Yeah. But I was just like, you so know, Glenn. this was Glenn. a Glenn. Glenn, Glenn yeah. yeah. I was like, this was so unnecessary. Good. I know. But that was a rough moment. And I was laughing when the TV series caught up to that moment. And, like, my best friend and her friend were like, oh my God, I heard rumor that this is what might happen, but they wouldn't. And I was like, what? You guys are stupid. They're totally going to kill him. <laughs> like, they, and then they did it and they were screaming and crying. And I was like, yeah, what, what, why were you, you can't be surprised. <laughs> like you had every indication this was going to happen. Yeah. There's an interesting essay at the end that Kirkman wrote about finishing up the series and oh, really? how he wanted to make sure he didn't do what I, he didn't say this, of course, but what I thought reading it, it do what the TV show has definitely done mm. and gone way beyond its cell date, you mm. know, and he's yeah. like, like, I really wanted to do a comic book that reached 300 issues. Then I wrote out my outline for beginning to end and realized there's no way in hell I'm ever reaching 300 issues without padding a bunch of stuff. So I'm just going to end it 
where it should end. That's really cool. Like, nice. Yeah, and he's pretty good about that. Like, I've I've read a number of his series, and you know they they usually do feel pretty like satisfying. Yeah, like Invincible. Yeah, does what it should and is done. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also like that image. Uh, I mean, if this was a Marvel comic, you'd just get a new writer and new artist, and you would keep going. Yeah. You know, an image allows their creators to just say that was the story I wanted to tell. Yeah, image is so brilliant about that, and that's something. I mean, it's it's just like Blumhouse. It's like such a risk when you pick up an image uh, comic. It's either oh. going to be great or terrible. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like they, I love the risks that they're allowed to take. Yeah. Cool. Well, cool. Shall we take a little break, you guys, and sure. then uh, come back and we are talking TV holiday specials. Okay. Fix up your house when you come to call. Strange Wholesale has got it all. Strange has the carpet and flooring too. Plus low prices just for you. Ho, 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 go visit Bo. Ho, 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 save lots of dough. You want selection, come see Bo. On Downing Pines in West Monroe. Back. Eric, this was kind of your choice. Yeah, Why don't you tell right. us about it? <laughs> In order, it was my choice. Sure. <laughs> Suggested by other Mr. lovely Young? people. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're doing Christmas episodes, Christmas TV episodes. So I guess this might be a shorter episode. It'll probably run a little shorter <laughs> just because the nature of this is not going to give us a lot to talk about trivia much. wise yeah, and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot that. Can't be. <laughs> well, the one I picked, there's a ton of trivia. This oh. is way oh. too much to talk about because I my episode is uh, Doctor Who's Last Christmas. I'm back. I've got inside the tops. Come on, it's Christmas, the North Pole. seems to be the problem. Of course. Doctor. Is, is it, I, so I'm not a Doctor Who watcher. Is his last name Who? Uh, he's just called Doctor Who. Yeah. I don't think he has any other kind of name. Shouldn't it be Doctor Whom? <laughs> um, yeah, but Doctor Who sounds better than Doctor okay. Who. I'm just curious. That, that's my guess. Uh, <laughs> that was real bad. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, this came out in 2014, <laughs> at the end of the 2014 season, which is kind of a tradition for Doctor Who. They do Christmas episodes. Sometimes they tie very strongly into the series, and sometimes they're very much a one-off kind of episode. I forgot the name of the one I was going to talk about, but I started watching it, and it was very definitely part of the series because it, mm-hmm. it was uh, Tenants last season oh sure so they did these big it's a big I think it was end bang. of time or something like that it was called so it was mm. like it really isn't very christmasy a lot of snow around but that's about it yeah so i went to last christmas directed by uh paul wilmshurt who did the wonderful titled which means something completely different in the uk pissed on the job <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know, pissed means drunk in the UK as opposed to not angry. I, you know, nobody's going postal. Law and Order, UK, and just a ton of UK TV. Riffin, rip, Riffin is Riffin by Stephen Moffat, <laughs> <laughs> who's wrote Sherlock was his, the Sherlock, recent Sherlock, and he did coupling and a lot of Doctor Who. He was, well, the main reason the new series reboot did so well. Yeah. He's also kind of a controversial guy. He ran into some trouble with um, female characters and female casting, but uh, seems to have worked that out because he's still working on the show. Uh, Stars, this was Peter Capaldi's season as the doctor. And uh, boy, he's done a lot. <laughs> was um, does that make it a a new season or yeah it's part of, it's uh, 2014 the new 2014, season okay. rebooted and I think it's 2000 
early 2000s. Yeah, somewhere right around there, 2000. Which is when I watched. I haven't watched very many of the original, but yeah. Wow, this this shit is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Rotten Tomatoes. So you know, here real quick for this is 92 from the critics and 80 from the crowd, and that's like a overall series. That's for this particular episode. Oh wow, the you overall able to find that? Okay. series is a hundred. And like 95 or something like that. Yeah. It's very, very highly rated. Uh, Capaldi's going to be in the 2021 Suicide Squad as the thinker. Oh. Is he really? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. He was okay. in the adorable Paddington 2. Yes. And the also very good Torchwood. Mm. I know him from a very rude show. <laughs> oh, yes. He was. Sick uh, of it, I think. Yeah, yeah. That was one of his main ones. Yeah. A lot of cursing. And uh, Jenna Coleman. Plays the uh, companion. You might know her from Captain America, the first Avenger as Connie, and a British show called Victoria. And playing Santa Claus, Nick Frost. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So good. And he is great as Santa Claus. The Doctor and Clara face their last Christmas. They're trapped in the Arctic base under attack from terrifying creatures who are sort of alien-y. This is fun because it. Uh, one thing Doctor Who does really well is their scary episodes. They have some scary ass episodes, especially the Weeping Angels. Mm. And this is a nice little creepy one. Um, it starts off with uh, the companion Jenna running into Santa Claus on the roof. So it's a nice exchange between her and their his elves that are there trying to explain what they're doing. And it moves to a outpost in the Arctic. There's a strange scene where there's people, their faces are covered with things, and you see them start to figure out, uh, trying to figure out what's going on. The idea is these creatures get into your heads, and if you think about them, they start to eat you. (laughs) So it's this great scene where the the woman who goes in there starts playing this weird song, so she starts dancing, and it's fun and goofy-looking and silly. Um, So that is... And they use illusions to trap their victims in this way. So once you start thinking about them, you get yourself into a loop. Uh-huh. And they start to destroy you. And Nick Frost kicks ass to Sam. to say that again because he is really fun. There's a lot of wonderful dream logic in this episode and things that you go, well, that's a strange choice. And then you watch the rest of the episode and go, oh. I see what they were doing there. That's really Is that because cool. is, is most of this, the action happening inside somebody's head then? Sort of. Okay. Yeah. Kind of phased out with Capaldi during the, his season. Not because I didn't like him, but because we did a cable cut and Doctor Who was no lo- not currently available <laughs> uh, in any streaming. Yeah. So I haven't watched it since. But mm-hmm. watching this episode, I'm going, I've got to start watching again. Uh-huh. It is so good. Mm-hmm. It's funny. <laughs> but it's also kind of creepy. Let's see. Oh, some weird facts. So this is Doctor Who. So if I wanted to go into trivia, I could talk for several episodes. Because sure. this has been around since, what, 58 or 59? Forever. Is when the first season started. Yeah. Um, disappeared almost entirely in the 90s and then rebooted very successfully in the 2000s. Let's see. Here's a weird one. Michael Trotton, son of Patrick Trotton and brother of David Trotton, makes his first appearance in Doctor Who. Patrick played the second Doctor in the classic series of Doctor Who's and uh, has appeared throughout the series ever since. Uh, They do make strong references to Alien. They even actually, like, say this is like that movie Alien. And this is where things get weird as far as, you know, people finding weird. This is where shows like Doctor Who and Star Trek and that are kind of like, okay, you're stretching. Uh, let's see. The film was directed by, or Alien was directed by Ridley Scott. Scott was a trainee set designer who was assigned to design the Daleks. Oh. However, Scott had to back down because of a schedule content and was replaced by somebody else. Ah. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> That's reaching. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, is, that is some trivial trivia. Exactly. <laughs> or like uh, one of the women on the show uh, went on to be on Game of Thrones. And at the end, when you see her after everything happens, she's looking at a list of things to do. Goal, watch all of Game of Thrones. Oh, my God. (laughs) This, however, was the lowest Christmas Day rating for the show in 11 years. Wow. However, once it came out, 
it exploded. It became incredibly popular after it came out. But for some reason, it just was not watched. There must have been broadcast. something going on. Yeah. Weird. Okay. <laughs> but. Because um, like having lived in the UK, this is like a cultural event. This is like the thing you do. Everyone on Christmas Day sits their ass down and watches the new Doctor Who special. Nice. Wow. Yeah. So is it, there's a lot of rumors about it being considered, so this doesn't sound like maybe it's as true as I thought, that it's very much considered a children's show in the UK? No. Okay. No, no, no. I always wondered about that. No, everybody watches it. It's like a family show. It's like what everybody sits down to watch each week. Uh, yeah. That's cool. This was, before it was written, uh, I wasn't sure if Jenna Coleman was going to be returning as the uh, companion. So Moffat wrote at a completely different ending mm-hmm. for this. And during, they actually cast, the lady I was talking about who does all the dancing, mm-hmm. was cast with the concept she might be the new companion. Oh. And then Jenna came back and said, no, I'm coming back for another year. <laughs> so <laughs> they, he, had to, he, rewrote the, he had a different ending ready to go, though, because in case she did decide to come back because he wanted her to return. And so that was some of the trivia and stuff. Like I said, you can get really minute. You can get even more and more and more. So I will just say this is an awesome episode. If you don't watch Doctor Who and you like sci-fi, go give it a shot. I don't know if I'd recommend starting with the older stuff because you got to be no. really forgiving. Because, yeah. ooh, man, that is Anything before rock. the 2001. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen any of that because it's just, it's a different beast. Yeah. It's kind of like Star Trek, the original series. is a lot different feeling than something like DS9. If you started off with your Star Trek world watching Discovery, I'm not going to recommend you go back and watch the original Star Trek for until you really dive into loving it. Exactly, exactly. Until you're ready to do the whole, like, completionist scenario. Yes, yes. Um, well, much like you, I also chose a well-known, well-loved series, and I went with a Christmas TV special from X-Files. This one is called How the Ghosts, Ghosts Stole Christmas. It was the night before Christmas in a house full of ghosts. Longer, Scully, and their special guest hosts. Ed Asner and Lily Tomlin would show them the way. But the doors are all locked, and they're here to stay. The X-Files, an all-new Christmas episode, Sunday at 9, 8 central on Fox. From December 13th, 1998. Um, it's from season six, episode six. Uh... If you guys don't know what the X Files is, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Eh. <laughs> so it was recently rebooted. To it was fairly actually. Large it's funny because on um, IMDb, if you look up anything X Files related, it's really tough because it's not listed at 1993. It's up at the top of everyone's like um, resumes because oh. it's 2018 right. now. So yeah. So yeah. To to. Special agents, one of which who believes in mysterious, crazy things, and one who d- believes in science. And uh, yes, they go on journeys. That'll work. Anyway, so uh, director, uh, this one episode is actually written and directed by the series creator Chris Carter. His first film was Cameo by Night, a TV movie, and then he did a couple of episodes of like Magic World of Disney, then something called Brand New Life. He did like four episodes. And then, uh, and then, like I think, lone no. Then he, I think it was this, and only after this has he done stuff like Millennium, which had sixty-seven episodes, and Lone Gunman uh, pretty recently, but recently as two thousand one. So I don't know. I don't know. He's, it, these people have sporadic careers because it's really tough because they spent so many years doing the X Files that um, even yeah. when I looked up uh, Gillian Anderson. It, Gillian or Jillian Anderson? I've always said Jillian, yeah, but I don't know if that's correct. It's hard to know. Um, and David Duchovny, um, like they both have really interesting careers where basically she wasn't in much of anything until X-Files. And now has obviously since been in some great things, which by the way, if you have not seen Sex Education or her um, stint in The Crown, holy crap. Cow. You can always so go back good. and uh, watch uh, Red Shoe Diaries. If you want to see That's... a lot more of Mulder. 
Uh, yeah, Ooh. I didn't realize. <laughs> so I never saw Red Shoe Diaries, but I didn't realize it was going on. There were 66 episodes of it, and wow. it went on from 92 to 96. So at the same time he was doing X-Files, he was also doing this show. Jeez. Yeah. I did not know. It was crazy to me. Um, I, don't, I don't know Red Shoe. I know what Red Shoe Diaries is, but I don't know if I've ever watched it. Was I've, that I didn't either. I always thought he just character? narrated it. He, yeah. he does just narrate it. But oh. even as a narrator, and he is in a few episodes. Yeah. Still, that's like a lot of extra side side jig- giggering. <laughs> <laughs> but he's been... So, uh, David Duchovny, he's been in 191 episodes of X-Files. Um, before this, he did Twin Peaks, and he was Agent Dennis slash Denise Bryson, who, one of my favorite Twin Peaks characters. Absolutely. So fucking awesome. Um, also was in Don't Tell Mom, The Babysitter's Dead, and Beethoven as Brad. Uh, after X-Files, he went on to be in Californication and Aquarius. That is a hell of a show. Californication is a hell of a show. I never watched it because I think I was so mad he wasn't on X-Files anymore. <laughs> I like held a grudge. It, it's got problems. He's a, he's a, oh boy. I don't know. This show would not be as popular now if it was made now at all. Because he is a sexist pig oh, for a large portion of the early season. Wow. <laughs> season. Oh my God. Um, yeah, it's really interesting because uh, Gillian Anderson, Gillian Anderson, uh, someone will correct me. Anderson. Uh, Anderson <laughs> was in 217 episodes. So obviously there was that last, was it just the last season he wasn't in or was it the I think last the last season, season neither one of them were in. Oh, and uh, okay. she was, she stayed on for a season or two after he did. But I, we watched, Dina watched a little bit after he left, but mm. we stopped watching. Even though it, the Terminator it just really fell it? apart. Yeah, he was yeah. It just it just it like we were talking about earlier with The Walking Dead. Somebody should have just said, you know what, yeah. let's just just add this. And if you want to do this with some new people, maybe let's invent a new version. Exactly. Something. This is one of those shows that like I grew up watching pretty religiously religiously with my friends because it was spooky and different and other. And um so there's so much I could talk about with this series. So I didn't I purposely didn't look up too much because I was like, I don't want to talk about X Files at large. I'm just gonna talk about this episode because there's just so much to talk about. Yep. Um this episode weirdly only has four actors in it. So it's a very stripped down episode. It's got kind of just two locations, mostly just one location. The other location's inside of Mulder's apartment. Um, but it takes place in this big mansion-y house. So the other two actors who are in it are, of course, by the title's name, The Ghosts. <laughs> and that's played by Lily Tomlin. Oh, which is awesome. If uh, you guys don't know her, maybe you've seen her in Grace and Frankie or 9 to 5 or one of my favorite roles, West Wing, as Deborah uh, Federer. She replaces um, the other secretary. Uh, oh, and I did not know this. She was the, she's Miss Frizzle in Magic School Bus and has always been. <laughs> I did not know. She's been in all of them. Anyway, uh, Ed Asner has been in 408 things. Uh, is the male ghost in this. Um, it, it was originally written for Bob Newhart. Um, it was actually kind of written as a as a piece to show off Lily Tomlin a little bit, but it was they were hoping to get Bob Newhart, who turned it down. Um, but Ed, Ed Asner's been around um, Mary Tyler Moore who show. Who turns down nothing. Yeah, literally, <laughs> when I looked him up, oh, my God, he's been in everything, and yes. he doesn't turn down anything. No. Like, yeah, he does video games. He does... He was in Boondocks. He was in American Dad. He was in a Star Wars video game. I was just like, what haven't you done, sir? <laughs> My favorite part is when he was on a uh, an interview. I think it was on Adam Carolla's show or something like that. But he just, uh, just went off and started talking about how there were no Jews in the uh, two towers when they were hit by the planes. <laughs> and, and Adam was like, come again? <laughs> and I was like, oh. Ed Asner is a nut job. This is delightful. <laughs> Old crazy man. Unsurprising. Unsurprising, to be honest. Um, so the plot of this episode, it's super fun. It's a monster of the week episode, so it doesn't really pertain to much of the outside plot. Uh, Mulder asks Scully to meet him on Christmas Eve at this kind of large abandoned manor. Uh, he explains that during Christmas, uh, during Christmas Eve, um, 
In 1917, a young couple living in the house had a kind of lover's pact. So one killed the other and then the other killed themselves, very Romeo and Juliet, um, because they couldn't stand the idea of not being together if one of them died. They didn't want to be alone in the afterlife. They wanted to spend eternity together. So uh, every Christmas Eve, they appear and often try to um, invoke slash disturb other couples. Hmm. potentially into maybe possibly murdering themselves. It's hard to know. It's hard to say. It's impossible to predict these things. Um, Mulder wants to go and stake it out. Scully's like, yo, I got to like wrap some presents. Could you like (laughs) not right now? And then her car keys like magically disappear. And he's like, I'm I'm off in the house. And she's like, I guess I'm going in the house now too, because I have nothing else. I can't do anything else. Um, Once they get into the house, um, it's very much like a big spooky mansion-y kind of thing, cobwebs and big clocks and beautiful ornate rugs. Um, The door slams shut behind them. They don't seem to care. I don't think they even check to see if it's locked. They just are like, ah, no big deal. They hear some sounds and they follow it up to the top floor the whole way up. Scully doing the whole, well, these scary stories, these haunted stories are actually just figments of our imagination and blah, blah, blah. And if you date it back to blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh my God, I forgot. I forgot that this was a big part of the show. (laughs) Holy cow. So they make it upstairs and they end up in this kind of library area and things start to get a little crazy. Um, The ladder that they use to kind of climb down into this uh, sunken library disappears. Um, Things are shifting around and they start to hear a thumping sound underneath their feet. Uh, They pull up the floorboards and discover two corpses that are dressed in their clothing. One of them has bright red hair. <laughs> How very strange. Um, they get pretty freaked out and decide that they're going to split up to try and find out more of what's going on. That's so, so smart. It's very clever. <laughs> yeah. Really the way to do it. So one goes out one door of the library and one goes out the other. And it's this weird thing where um, I think Mulder had tried to go through the door first and ended up coming into the opposite side. So there was like, okay, maybe if we both leave at the same time, we'll somehow break this spell. Anyway, that doesn't happen. They get separated. So they're both in the same room, just not in the same room with each other. Uh, Mulder is then uh, confronted with Maurice, who asks him why on earth he's there. Maurice, in a fishing cap, kind of a spunky old guy, is like, are you here to film one of those ghost hunter shows? Are you one of those guys? And Mulder's like, no. He's like, oh, well, let me tell you. Like, it's it's pretty neat. Um, this old guy's super funny, super just like talks a mile a minute basically says it's his house and you know it's like i don't know why strange people keep coming in here but whatever and we all know he's a ghost but Mulder's not 100 sure in the meantime scully encounters lydia who is they have a kind of more confrontational encounter because <laughs> scully is much more questioning and therefore lydia is sort of like revealing her ghostliness a little bit sooner um but both ghosts start to play these head games with Mulder and scully they are doing their best to try and turn them on each other so that uh, Scully will shoot Mulder and then Mulder will, I, I don't know what they want him to do, but anyway, they want them dead. Uh, <laughs> Mulder, uh, basically they, they do start to do one of those psychology things where they break their personalities and their worst fears down. And so, um, Mulder is told, you know, you're just afraid to be alone. You're filling the void with these endless searches into the unknown to give your life meaning. Uh, They tell Scully that she's forming intimacy through codependence and her only joy in life is really proving Mulder wrong. So they they go for some deep cuts. Um, So then all of a sudden we see uh, Mulder appears and he shoots Scully, but then we also see Scully shooting Mulder. And then we watch them covered in blood dragging themselves down these stairs and then out the hallway. Like, there is a lot of blood. It's just, like, squeaking on along. And, like, I think Scully is closer to the door than Mulder. Anyway, like, they're both, they both kind of stop and hold out their guns at each other. And they're like, you shot me. No, you shot me. And Mulder's like, wait a minute. 
then he stands up. He's like, we're fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I guess we are. Bye. And then they leave. (laughs) And then Mulder sits alone in his apartment and Scully shows up and they exchange gifts, even though they said they wouldn't. Very sweet. This sounds like uh, this sounds like this was one of those episodes that was kind of played for laughs. It was. I think it was to a certain extent. There was there was definitely a lot of really fun moments. Both Lily Tomlin and Ed Asner just they were really on top of their game. They were extremely funny. There were just like a lot of jokes about like uh, Scully saying things about how you guys, you know, you're not real. There's not even a Christmas tree and. Lily Tomlin going, we're Jewish. (laughs) 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 Little things like that. I really, this episode was super, super fun. I think they did a great job with it. The acting from Lily Tomlin and Ed Asner are just great. They both bring it. They are not half-hearting it. They come fully loaded. They, They both reveal like their death holes. So I think uh, Lily Tomlin's missing like a huge part of her stomach and Asner um, lifts up a hat that he's wearing and he has a hole in his head and it's like light just popping through it. These perfect (laughs) holes. It looks super good. Um, The house is nice and creepy. The things disappearing and reappearing and, you know, those head games are pretty fun. The things that didn't work that well about it was there was a lot of logic holes going down a lot of things that just didn't make any sense like i'm not sure why the ghosts wanted them to kill each other that was never really explained i know that's a thing that they consistently do and there's like a history of couples having killed each other but not it it, we don't know why we don't know what they get out of it other than getting to be like the most haunted house they do make a joke about we were written out of the gazette this year (laughs) we need to be in the like we're not even the top 100 anymore um and like kind of the whole reason why Mulder and Scully turn on each other doesn't it's not super clear either so that that's not great also I that dialogue from Scully just debunking things as they're literally just walking around the house is so annoying. It reminds me a lot of Dawson's Creek and maybe Dawson's Creek steals this from X-Files, but where Joey is just constantly doing these like really smarty pants narrations straight <laughs> at whoever happens to be in earshot. It, it feels, a, it was a bit irritating, but the nostalgia kind of won me over. A little bit of fun trivia. Uh, watched by 17.3 million people on the initial broadcast. Uh, this featured the smallest cast and set for X-Files uh, up until season 11. Um, it was the cheapest episode of the entire sixth season to, to shoot. Both Tomlin and Asner were fans of the show, and Tomlin kind of nudge nudge hint, hint, wink, winked at the production team that she'd be totally up for doing an episode. <laughs> Last but not least, Jillian Anderson was very critical of the fake blood used for the episode because of the sheer quantity <laughs> and how it quickly con- coagulated and formed this sort of gummy mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she was not She was not a fan. Run, run into that before. Stage blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No joke. Uh, it always has a really fun smell, just a really, really slight, interesting smell to it. Yeah. You know, if you get that Ben Nye stuff, it uh, tastes like mint. Yes. So I did not know They this. flavored it because otherwise it tastes like shit. Yeah, it, yeah. Does, it really does taste bad. What about Oh, you, yeah, my turn. Well, you guys, um, I kind of cheated on this one. Oh, and I, I would have absolutely won this episode because <laughs> I chose uh, episode two of Tales from the Crypt and all through the house. Discretion advised. Uh, 
That's a good one. I wanted to see this for so long. I thought it was a movie until you revealed it. I was like, oh, that's why I haven't found it yet. Yeah. So from 1989, uh, no budget or box office. Uh, obviously no box office, but I could find nothing for the budget either. The critics on Rotten Tomato give this an 82%. This particular story was supposed to be the very first episode and they switched it to be the second episode. I'm not sure why, because both of those episodes happened in June of 89. So it (laughs) seems a little weird anyway, except that this is kind of a evergreen story. It is based on the segment from the 1972 film Tales from the Crypt that Mm -hmm. is called And All Through the House, which in turn is based on the original Vault of Horror comic book number 35 that had this as its story. Holy cow. Yeah, and that was from 1959, I believe. Um, And the reason I cheated is because this is basically a 25-minute movie. It's Amazing. It is directed by Robert Zemeckis. Whoa. Who directed Back to the Future, Death Becomes Her, Forrest Gump, and Castaway, among many others. It is written by Fred Decker, who wrote Night of the Creeps, Monster Squad, and the first two house movies. Of course. And it is starring Mary Ellen Trainer, who has 47 credits, including The Goonies, Lethal Weapon, and Die Hard, and Larry Drake, who was the bad guy in Darkman, and he played Dr. Giggles in Dr. Giggles. Let me just throw out a couple other names. (laughs) It was produced by Richard Donner and Walter Hill and Joel Silver, and the music was composed by Alan Silvestri. So it's just this super high-budget short film. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I love this episode, and I kind of wanted to do this kind of topic because of this episode. Uh, It opens with a woman killing her husband right off the bat with a fireplace poker. And her husband is Marshall Bell. You'd know him as soon as you saw him. But I always remember him as uh, Kuato in Total Recall. Oh, yes. (laughs) Uh, And it's Christmas Eve. And uh, she grabs the fireplace poker and he's like, "Uh, here, give me that poker. And she clobbers him over the head with it. The sharp end goes boink right into his skull (laughs) and he collapses uh, on the table, and uh, she immediately calls her lover while she's looking at the last will and testament and says, I did it. You know, she has to leave a message and everything. And then, of course, their very young daughter comes down the stairs. Hey, mommy, mommy, is Santa here? I heard a thump. <laughs> uh, if you're not aware, Tales from the Crypt uh, was very much, as gory as it was, was very much tongue-in-cheek, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. sarcastic humor horror. So... Uh, all of this stuff is played very, very broadly. So mom brings her back up um, to bed and says, you know, he's not here yet and he won't come if you're awake. And and the little girl's like, well, what do you want for Christmas, mommy? And she's like, I already got what I want. <laughs> <laughs> so she, uh, she goes downstairs, she wraps him up in a tarp and drags him outside where it's freezing cold and snowing and all that. And of course, while she's outside, she misses on the radio a public service announcement talking about a escaped mental patient who is dressed up like Santa Claus and uh, everybody should lock their doors because he loves to kill women. Oh, sure. <laughs> so she misses all of that. Uh, she drags the body out and uh, drags it to an old well where she intends to throw her dead husband in. But in uh, typical Tales from the Crypt fashion, he suddenly lurches alive again, grabs her by the uh, ankle, and she whacks him, this time making sure he is very dead. (laughs) But just then, the deranged Santa attacks it. He's gotten the axe from the wood pile. Uh, She avoids it and escapes him running inside and uh, she calls the police and it's this great moment where she's talking to the 911 operator and saying she's got all this going on and and they're like, what's your address? And she's about to say her address and she looks outside and sees her dead husband, you know, in the snow (laughs) and she just is like, fuck, I can't have the police here. So she just hangs up. Uh, Right after that, the, uh, the Santa bashes his arm through the window she's standing next to and uh, tries to grab her and she whacks him. She gets the axe away from him and she whacks him really hard and he falls over dead. So the phone then rings twice and she's like, what's going on? What's going on? So she answers it and uh, it's the police 
<laughs> now, I don't know if even in 1989, the police were just making calls saying, hey, lady, uh, lock your doors, escaped mental patient <laughs> on the loose. But that is what is going on here. Mm. And as he's telling her this, you can see the wheels in her head. And she's like, oh, oh what is he doing? Oh, he's carrying an ax and everything. Be careful. He could kill someone. And she's looking out at her dead husband. She's like, ah, I got an idea. And so she goes out there with the ax in a very comical scene and tries to make it look like uh, the ax killer killed her husband. But she can't look at him while she's swinging, so she keeps missing him. Finally, she she does look straight at him and buries the axe in his head, gets a <laughs> bunch of blood all over. Uh, when she looks back then to the dead Santa, he's not there. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, wait. It, it actually is. She goes running inside to call the police and tell them that this has happened. She's she's acting very scared. Oh, my God, this guy's out here. He's <laughs> killed my husband and everything. And they're like, where is he now? And she goes, he's, and she looks out the window where he's supposed to be lying dead and he's not there. And she's like, oh, shit. So um, it's all just very, very, very black humor. She ends up uh, basically, you know, locking all the doors. But her daughter has come down because she heard a thump. And it kind of ends with the daughter holding the hands of the deranged Santa saying, look, mom, uh, Santa's here. <laughs> and we get this just amazing blood curdling scream from the mom. And then it goes, of course, to uh, the crypt keepers. <laughs> Don't worry, kiddies. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, oh, my God. It's so good. It's just fucking gorgeous looking. Um, I have very little trivia on anything like this, except that it was actually William Gaines, who was the publisher of Tales from the Crypt. His son was the new publisher and the main producer of the series, and he was there on set and really cajoled Zemeckis to get that scream out at the end. He was just like, we got to get a bigger scream than this. And so Zemeckis finally got her to, I mean, <laughs> when you watch it, you're like, that is a fucking great scream. <laughs> if you heard that in the middle of the night, you'd be like, holy shit, somebody's getting killed. Uh, the one little piece of trivia I found was in 1994... Tales from the Crypt released a Christmas album called Have Yourself a Scary Little Christmas. What? <laughs> nice. And What's it, on it? Horror Christmas songs. Okay. And I'm like, I have to find this now. This sounds like a blast. Sleigh bells and such. <laughs> yes. Sleigh bells. <laughs> that is, whenever somebody says the Tales from the Crypt, HBO original series, that is the episode that pops in my head first. Yeah. Without a doubt. It's so good. I mean, it, you could completely understand why they wanted to launch with this because yeah. it's just so strong and you know it's got um a real history you know with the actual i haven't seen that tales from the crypt movie in so long that it made me want to find that and watch this segment to see how well they did it yeah so very so good cool. yeah oh, so man. those are three things on your uh, your christmas day you guys can bring the family together and watch i think yeah or maybe it's still Christmas Eve and you just want to warm up some hot cocoa and get on your Christmas sweater. And it's an interesting combination of episodes. Absolutely. I mean, I watched mine on YouTube. All of the uh, the episodes are available on YouTube. I so I believe I watched mine. I want to say on Hulu, but the, it's definitely all of X Files is available somewhere. H HBO Max has all. Of Doctor Who, at least all of the relaunch. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't know if they've got the original, but man, they got a, a lot. Uh, maybe it's time for me to dip my toe. I watched a couple episodes of The Tenant, and I was like, I, I see why the chicks that's, like him. That's he's, a great he's awfully charming. That's such a he's good He's a good season. actor. It's that's that's a heartbreaking. I never made it past Tenant because I couldn't. I couldn't, like, go. I couldn't move I, on. I can't think of the guy's name, but I also Matt. really liked him. He yeah. is great. He's he, What makes him so good, and this is why Doctor Who, I think, keeps working, mm -hmm. he's totally different from Tennant. Yeah. And then yeah. Capaldi is totally different. So it's just... Yeah. I think I'm ready. It's been, like, eight years. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this being uh, Christmas Eve, that means our next episode is going to land on New Year's Eve? Uh, close, and it will be... An auspicious episode. That's right. <gasps> Vanessa, do you want to tell them what we're doing? or What, what are we doing? <laughs> you tell me what are we doing and they'll tell them what we're doing. It's it going to be our rundown of uh, 2020 films, yeah, I believe. It'll, it'll awesome. actually be December 31st. That's when, New Year's Eve. When, yep, when the 
Perfect. Yeah, 24th, 31st. So we'll be talking about all of our favorite films of this past year. And, you know, you might think, well, how could there possibly be? No, no, no. No, number 100 is going to be the five five movies of our, five horror movies. So will this be number 99? This This is number 99 right now. Oh, Oh. Oh, so next, what? Next episode is episode 100? That is correct. Oh my God, that's very exciting, guys. Okay, so this is a special episode where you get to know your uh, your hosts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Another one of, uh, before we've done our top five overall films, you know, like we talked about non-horror films in it as well. Right. This one's a little bit more straight horror, mm-hmm. I think we talked about. I mean, technically it's your pick, so you should describe how we're going to do it. No! <laughs> This is no. going to be kind of like uh, <laughs> the way that it was pitched, I think, was how how we feel or what what five films we feel if we, is horror to ourselves. Yeah. Right. If, the, the perfect horror. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a difficult one to title. It's going to be really <laughs> yeah, hard. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> but yeah. So, but for our annual, how many films are we talking about for our for the 101st episode, yeah, we're doing the 2020 rundown, and that will be our top five. Okay. Cool. Top five of the year, but we're going to talk right. about oh, all the films we like. We'll okay. mention, cool. Yeah, we'll mention a lot, but doing Perfect. a top 10, we talked about a top 10 one time and then realized that's, that's just a lot. Be too, too, many too films. much. Yeah. Nobody cares. <laughs> well, people care. Just very specific people probably care. All right, so that's very confusing. But next week, we are talking <laughs> uh, our five horror films that best describe us. For episode 100, 100 extravaganza. And there's going to be a little something special in there for all of you. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) What are we doing? (laughs) That's the show, everybody. We'll see you in one week. See you. Our show is recorded somewhere high above Naval Station Everett at the nexus of all realities and is engineered and produced by Eric Margaret. Our theme music is Strange Eons Part 1 by the band Nightshade and is used with permission. Find Strange Eons Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and wherever fine podcasts are found.